Ladies and gentlemen, we got them. Welcome to Talking Giants, boys and girls. We got them. Round one recap presented by John Boy Media. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with my co-host, Justin Panic. Justin, I feel amazing. I feel great. You want to know why, Justin? It's because I felt like I've been taking crazy pills for the last three months when I'm like, hey, guys, I think Andrew Thomas is the best offensive tackle in this draft. I think he's the best. And we'll go We'll go into who he is as a player, especially if this is your first time listening. And if, and if, is, if it isn't, you're going to have to hear another review on Andrew Thomas. But I was like, man, I feel like, I feel like am I, I'm like, am I turning into a contrarian where I like Andrew Thomas and no one else does? Like, I feel like he's the best offensive tackle. He has the best results. And Justin, I was scared. I was scared going to this pick. I thought it was going to be Tristan Wirfs, who I had as the fourth offensive tackle. Um, I was scared that maybe it'd be Derek Brown. When Andrew Thomas's name was called, it was excitement. It was relief. And I genuinely have, have had, I've genuinely had a smile on my face since that moment. Credit to Gettleman, credit to Judge, credit to hey, we'll even we'll even give Kevin Abrams, the guy behind the scenes, some love too. Credit to all those guys for really like an incredible draft process, at least leading up to this first round, in terms of nobody knew. Bad guy move on Justin's part. I've criticized this franchise before for leaking their picks. The Giants have a leaker. The Giants have a leaker. The Giants have a leaker. Those are things that I've said in the past. I've, you know, Bobby and I have had debates on this podcast about, oh, the Barkley pick was leaked. The Jones pick was leaked. Nobody knew, Bobby. Nobody knew. Everybody was predicting worse. And I will say, Justin, I, I talked to you about this before the draft. I had someone come in. Like, hey, like, hey, Andrew Thomas is the pick. So I obviously, like, I'm not a newsbreaker, so I didn't go with that. But I I had someone tell me, and it wasn't the most, like, it wasn't the most surefire source. But it, it did make me feel a little special, I'll be honest. All right, so maybe the Giants do have a leaker, but, uh, regardless, <laughs> but regardless. But I but the thing is, is I'm not a reporter. I like the team. So I'm like, even if freaking John Mayer himself told me, like, hey, Andrew Thomas is the pick. I was not gonna. I wouldn't have tweeted it out until the Giants were on the clock. But also, journalistic integrity. You need two. You need two sources telling you that kind of true. like the same information. So even if John Mara comes and tells you that this is the pick, well, no. If John Mara says it, I can do it, Justin. Dang it! <laughs> you would need one other source to tell you. No, but uh, but really, credit to you. Credit. Well, not only just credit to the Giants for really like. I- I'm serious. They kept it under the wraps. Nobody knew it was going to be Thomas. Kind of everybody thought it was going to be Worfs, which honestly, like, can we talk about just for one second? Kind of frustrated with reporters that I feel like they just don't know football because Worfs, they're just not on the same level that of a tackle that Andrew Thomas is. I'm sorry, or even, he's not. Not even of a Mekhi Becton. Listen, Justin, I had before this, what did I have? I had Andrew Thomas, Jedrick yep. Wills. Mekai Becton, Tristan Works, and it went in that order. I was low-key hoping Josh Jones would have went fifth, so I could have like quote tweeted that tweet. Also, I want to do a little uh, disclaimer if it's your first time listening. We might be a little cocky in this episode because yes. I've been I've been called dumb for four months straight. You know what I'm saying? So you gotta know that feeling. And our listeners love us and they've they've been on there right there with us. 
but I've had a lot of people come after me for my Andrew Thomas takes for a long time, and my Tristan Wirfs is the fourth guy for a long time. So, And you know what? Maybe it ends up being that way in the long run. Hopefully not. But so we might come off a little braggadocious in this podcast. But part of it is we're just really happy. This is not a hot take if you've been listening, but in my humble opinion, this move, especially getting a left tackle, a left tackle that can step in day one, this is the move that is going to be best for the franchise for the long haul. You made the investment in Saquon Barkley in 2018. You made the investment in Daniel Jones in 2019. You've made other investments kind of building through the draft. On the offensive side of the ball, you've made certain trades uh, You know, with Kevin Zeitler trying to re- revamp that offensive line. Let's put this pressure to be successful and to be great on the offensive side of the ball. The defense is something that is a work in progress. So let's just say in a world where the Giants pick Isaiah Simmons, that is a lot of pressure. <laughs> that is inserted on this defense that they did not deserve. They did not deserve that pressure to be, okay, you now need to be a good unit because of that superstar kind of expectation that Isaiah Simmons has on him. Let's put this pressure on this offensive side of the ball, Bobby. We got Jason Garrett. Jason Garrett, who was you know, a pretty darn good offensive mind, if you ask me. I, I, I certainly hope it turns out to translate that way. You got Daniel Jones. You know, who probably would be the rookie of the year if he didn't miss a couple games due to injury, or if we just started him flat out from day one and week one. You got Saquon Barkley, second best running back in the league. Maybe he even is the best running back in the league if he doesn't miss games last year due to the ankle injury. So let's put this pressure on this offensive unit that Bobby, they can be great. They can absolutely be great and Andrew Thomas at left tackle second most important position in the game of football we have put our stamp on it we are able to move Nate Soldiers to the right side which we can talk about the ramifications surrounding that once we maybe later in the episode but Bobby this is just such a good move for the franchise of the New York football giants take away like, Oh, this is good for the defense. This is bad for the defense. Just it's a good move for the franchise and the investments that you have made in the past. My rant is over. I agree. Now I want to talk about what this means team wise uh, in a second, but let's talk about who Andrew Thomas is as a player first and let's let it branch out from there. Justin and, and this will be kind of repeating what we said on Tuesday's episode uh, when we previewed the offensive tackle. Justin, he's got the best recovery ability I've seen from a, a, a draft prospect in a long time, which means like sometimes he may, a guy will get a step inside and he always closes that gap. He's got really good athleticism. He's not going to get beat by a speed rush ever. In the run game, he's a mauler. He has unbelievable agility, especially getting to linebackers and, and he's very smart getting off the double teams. He has a very high IQ as a football player. He's dominated. Kalevon Chasen, Julian Akora. Chasen was a first-round pick. Akora is probably going to go in the second round. And I'll put out the film when you, by the time you are, are listening to this. I went and looked at him against Josh Allen. No, it was, it was only like seven snaps, but he won every single uh, one in 2018. Things he can uh, improve on. He can improve on his footwork. Sometimes he crosses up his feet, and he clamps his hands a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Instead of like a in, like having him inside and punching out, he clamps his hands. But those are like the two of the most coachable things in the world. So when people say like, oh, he's already maxed out his potential, no way, no way. The things that can be improved on in an offensive tackle are the things that he can really improve on. He started 41 games in three years. He started 15 at right tackle his freshman year, Justin. 
I, I love the guy. <laughs> he's my guy. He's six foot five, three hundred fifteen pounds. And I remember the combine. The bench press reps weren't really uh, great for any of the four top offensive tackles. But Tristan Wirfs ran that fast forty. And granted, I'm not going to knock him for doing that. That's cool. But Justin, what did I say? I said, stop looking at that damn 40 time with these offensive tackles. Go look at the 20-yard shuttle when you're going 5 yards, 10 yards, 5 yards. That is the space that you are running as an offensive tackle. If you're running 40 yards as an offensive tackle, Justin, the job's already been done. (laughs) You're running to the end zone to celebrate a touchdown. (laughs) Yes, exactly. And that was something we were told from from high school football. If If you're worrying about your 40 time, that means you're scoring. Justin, he had the best shuttle time out of these guys with a 4-6-6. Now I'm even more confident because the Giants have confirmed what I already believe strongly. Andrew Thomas was the best tackle in this class, and he plays left tackle, which the second best guy in this class, Jedrick Wills, didn't play left tackle. I'm pumped, man. The guy's an awesome player. He should start at left tackle from day one and then move Nate Solder over to right tackle. Yeah, that would make the most sense. Uh, I-, I like the the depth that Thomas gets on his first step. That's something that I said about Wills a lot. Yes. But for Thomas, I like the depth that he gets on his first step um, and it, just how much of a natural athlete he is. You need to be a natural athlete in today's NFL to keep up with these speedy edge rushers and getting depth on your first step and not having short, short, choppy steps like some other tackles had in this class. I love it. I love it. I love it. Well, and, and the key is being proportionate. And I'll try and explain this through a podcast. It's hard to. Let's so just imagine like an edge rusher and he's rushing. You do you want that guy uh completely on your side? Absolutely not. But do you want him in front of you where you're you're you you got back so far that he's in front of you? No, because then he's open for an inside move. Right. You want him at like a quarter on your body where he's right there. And then you stay vertical in your kick slide, like you don't turn your hips. And then once he gets on your side, and hopefully that's at five or six yards past the, behind the line of scrimmage, then you can turn your hips and push his back. And that's what he did. I mean, that's how he dominated Kalevon Chase in all game. So I don't want to go super in-depth. We'll do that stuff more on Twitter and on videos and YouTube and stuff. But just know that there's a reason I've been pounding the table as this guy's offensive tackle number one. I want to emphasize one more point. I want to emphasize one more point that you made because you made it, and you, it was a strong point, and I loved it. But – you can nitpick Thomas for this. You can nitpick Thomas for that. You can even question if, you know, oh, trade down, blah, 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 blah. But the fact that Thomas got the job done against such a high level of competition while he was at Georgia, if that doesn't entice you in itself, like, yeah, I, you know, we're talking a lot of technique. We're talking, like, we're talking about first step depth and, you know, taking literally a millisecond of a play and analyzing it. <laughs> you know, that's what Bobby and I just did for about two minutes there. But if you want to just look at something and you're like, what, you know, is Andrew Thomas a good pick for the New York Football Giants in the toughest conference in college football? against the toughest competition, including two games against Chasen, uh, Le'Veon Chasen, and another game against Julian O'Quara from Notre Dame, two of the top edge rushers from this class. Andrew Thomas absolutely took care of business. So if you're questioning things, if you're not sure, not many of these other tackle prospects could say the same, that they have faced the level of competition and had the success. 
because some of them have even faced some of those guys and they have not been successful and they have some bad plays, some bad clips on Twitter that are circulating. And you're asking yourself, oh, is that tackle worse? Is that tackle Becton? Yes. Yes, yeah, yes, and yes. Wills, yes who, Wills, who I like, who is a technician, sometimes he would get too stuck in his technique and he would get beat inside and he wasn't ready for spin moves and stuff. Now, I'm nitpicking, but when, when the guys are close, you have to nitpick a little bit. All right, so I want to get back to your point that you were making. Now, Andrew Thomas does have right tackle experience, but I, I do think you put him at left. Now, he has to earn it in practice and preseason, but I do think you put Andrew Thomas at left tackle. You put Solder at right tackle. And like we've said, and we stress, putting Nate Solder at right tackle doesn't make him better. It doesn't <laughs> fix him. But here's a dumb analogy. If you knew you uh, a car crash was coming, would you rather be someone coming from behind you where you couldn't see or control what happens, or would you rather be right in front of you so you could get you could swerve out of the way? It's just as simple as that with him at right tackle. And Solder has experience at right tackle, um, so it's not the craziest thing in the world. Um, and with with Jones being in year two, hopefully he you know he knows when to check down and get the ball out a little bit quicker. And with Thomas, when Thomas does like they do do an inside move and Thomas pushes inside, then Jones can slide left in the pocket. So even if Nate Solder is getting beat, it helps. It helps his team. Daniel Jones has fumble issues. Does Dan- Daniel Jones needs to take care of his fumble issues, and that's 100% on him. But damn, this makes it a lot easier to work on. Bobby and I had a clip uh, and a part of a podcast that we said in February. This was back in February, and we actually posted the clip on Valentine's Day. So it was <laughs> it was February 14th. And I had a line that said, the Giants are basically waving the white flag on the 2020 season if you simply are just planning on slotting Nate Solder as your left tackle. So the priority would be to move him to right tackle. Now, if you're skeptical about a rookie just going in at left tackle, fine. You can be be skeptical about that. But what's the point of having... Andrew Thomas says, your right tackle in 2020, just because you're scared of putting a rookie at left tackle this year, and then cutting Nate Solder anyway at the end of this year, and then putting then putting Andrew Thomas at left tackle. What would be the point of that? If Joe just doesn't think he's ready for left tackle. But I agree. I I, I, I got him at left tackle. You got to develop. You know, Solder, Solder isn't ready for left tackle. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So, yeah. So I, I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you, but I'm just kind of providing what people may think. Let's talk about the pick at four, though. A lot of people were calling for trade down, including ourselves, even though I was just low-key like, hey, if you pick Andrew Thomas, I'm like, go for it. Um, Schefter reported that there just wasn't anything real. The Jags, the Chargers were nothing real. And the way that you know that, Justin, is one, there was no trade-ups. But if anybody was going to trade down, it was going to be Detroit. I mean, I we talk, we were talking before. it. I was banking on Detroit trading down. I, I would have bet money on it if I was a gambling man. So once Detroit didn't trade down, it was kind of known. Like, why would Miami trade up? Because they know we're not going to take a QB. And they probably were like, you know what? The Chargers aren't going to trade up for two anyway. So obviously, we would, you know, a lot of people would like to trade down. And I would have too. But it, it just seems like there was nothing there. And maybe part of that is this whole coronavirus virtual draft stuff. Which, by the way, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. The whole virtual draft. I thought it was going to be longer. It was It was quicker, honestly. Less, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I missed having the fans there in that atmosphere. I definitely did. But I thought actually ESPN and NFL Network did a good job. I thought they were going to just completely screw it up. They they did a good job. I'll give them credit. Yeah, so in terms of not trading down, I say part, part Caroni. Um, 
part the different circumstances, part I think uh, Washington and Detroit didn't do they were they were doing a good job I think back at like the combine playing this whole game of oh you know do we need a quarterback do we not need a quarterback are we going to take a quarterback I don't know and then Patricia basically came out and said that it's not true and then Riverboat Ron uh basically you know the, he wasn't hyping up any speculation well I think they just wanted to take Chase Younger too regardless they didn't want to trade down so there was nothing there was no hype behind anybody taking a quarterback in front of the Giants and everybody, and everybody knew that Herbert rumor was absolute BS. So I think uh, Miami and LA did their due diligence, and they didn't blink. They, you know, we you're all playing poker when it when it comes to trading, possibly trading down and trades during the draft. You're playing a game of poker, and uh, they didn't blink. So good for them. They got their guys. We got our guy. Uh, I'm not that riled up over the whole trade conversation. We we got our future left tackle, second most important position in the game of football. Right. Now, let's talk about Isaiah Simmons a little bit. And I was, you know me, I was truly stressing about Isaiah Simmons because I, I do want him. And it's like this fear of losing out on a great defender. And the Giants needs, you know, we need a, a playmaker on defense, a star player. Like Peppers is a, is a good playmaker, but he's not like a star player. I will say I felt a lot better about it when it was Andrew Thomas was the pick. You know what I'm saying? Because Andrew Thomas was my guy. And just because I was expecting worse and wor- it was kind of scaring me. But yeah, it kind of stinks that we don't get that guy. But at the end of the day, like we needed a left tackle. We got the left tackle. It's, it's the right pick. I'm excited about it. And by the way, Justin, Matt Rule, supposed to, the Panthers, David Tapper, <laughs> they're supposed to be the, the, the king of analytics. They're their new age. And the first thing they do is trade uh, their all pro guard for an aging left tackle who's not that good and is always hurt, and then pay a running back and then draft a defensive tackle before Isaiah Simmons. Kind of crazy. <laughs> Isn't it almost like uh, Carolina Panthers must be getting PTSD because it's almost like Dave Guttelman is back drafting again because 2014, <laughs> the Panthers <laughs> And I'm took- not bashing them for making those moves, except for the Derek Brown over Isaiah Simmons. It's just funny. like They were crowned the the analytics forward thinking team and they've kind of just like spit in the face of what analytics people say wild because there was talk that kinlaw was better than brown (laughs) and brown was falling because of his combine so that was absolutely bizarre now we were talking pre-show and i did say well interior defensive lineman is technically i guess more valuable than interior linebacker but then i like really evaluated that statement when it comes to like the difference of player between isaiah simmons and Derek brown and i'm like no that's that's that is actually dumb that is actually dumb that you that you kind of passed up on we had this conversation during our mock draft episode bobby where we're like well what if isaiah simmons is a gold jacket player at least we got a left tackle I mean, you're talking about the difference between an interior, uh, uh, you know, just another Carolina interior defensive lineman versus Isaiah Simmons. <laughs> and watch what will happen in two years. Derek Brown will be the next Aaron Donald, and we'll all, we'll all look dumb. <laughs> um, and they'll laugh in our faces. Even though they don't have a QB, though, so they won't laugh too hard. Teddy Bridgewater is not a good quarterback. So, yeah, yeah same, it's- thing, same thing with our buddies in Washington. <laughs> yeah. I shared the video of Andrew Thomas versus Chase Young and the uh, the the high school All American game practice where Ch- uh, Thomas kind of beat him pretty good, and I was like, "Man, we got the guy who's going to stop Andrew Thomas and Dwayne Haskins, your QB." Like, 
I just love making fun of the Redskins. It's just one of my favorite <laughs> things to do. But Justin, I, I'm I'm very happy. We'll we'll go more into you know who Thomas is, and we'll talk about him on Monday show when we go through rounds one through four a little more. But it just feels good, man. I just remember being at the beach in June last year, and I remember putting out a tweet, being like, "Hey, I'm bored. I don't have nothing to do. I'm at my parents' RV for the weekend. I think it was Memorial Day weekend." Saying, who are some players from the 2020 draft I should look at? And Andrew Thomas is one of them. And I went and watched the SEC championship game against Alabama. And I I, I quote tweeted it because it was a blast in the past. And I was like, he was the best player on the field in the SEC championship in his sophomore year. And I was like, this guy is, this guy, I, I want him in 2020. We'll see what happens. So it's, it's pretty cool to see that come full circle. And like you said, Daniel Jones has his left tackle. Where you're going to believe and hope that these guys are the future. And we have that combo for the next 10 plus years. How many teams can say that? So I'm pumped. Like I said, you got to make the picks worth it. Got to make the investments worth it. And that's exactly, exactly what they did. And for all the cliche sayings now, I I will say whenever I hear defense wins championships, I do kind of cringe. Like I get it. I get it. You look at at all four of the Giants Super Bowl wins and the hallmark and the priority was the defense. And defense wins championship, yes. Uh, except except 2011. Yeah, that was the arm of Eli Manning, which kind of gets to my point. That was our most recent Super Bowl win, and that is kind of where the league has been trending. Bobby, this is an offensive league. I really don't care what you have to say about defense, defense, defense. This is an offensive league. And whether you want to make it the the Kansas City Chiefs model where you're throwing the ball 60, 70% of the time, or you want to make it the San Francisco 49ers model and the Baltimore Ravens model, which is getting the lead early and then running the damn ball, <laughs> controlling time of possession, you know, and doing all those fun things, it all ends up in winning, but it's offense. And I understand those teams also have good defenses, but you know what offense this Thomas- keeps you relevant throughout the years. Well, more more so having a good QB keeps you relevant throughout the years. But I do believe like the whole cliche defense wins championships, which reminds me, one of my what's what's the company that does which shows how like dumb these commercials are because they just make you laugh and they don't actually like remember. What's the one where it's like I'm turning into my parents? Oh, what's I know like exactly. I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, I it's not all state. No, I it, think it, it might it, be Geico. Okay, yes, it is Geico. Yes. It might be where they're like in the support system and they're like turning old. And the guy's like, I just found myself saying defense wins championships. And then another guy in the support <laughs> group goes, Well, it does. And I laugh so hard because that's me. Because it's like it does win championships. So but let me but let me tell you, but let me give you a let I, this is an argument that I've said before. But if again, if you're a first time listener, uh, this is new to you. What this Andrew Thomas pick does. Frankly, you know, you're you're upgrading at left tackle, but also moving Nate Solder to right tackle. Having a better offense is going to help your defense. The Giants' offensive numbers, I kind of refreshed myself on the 2019 season, particularly looking at the offensive rankings and the defensive rankings, not just looking at yards per game, not just looking at points per game, but looking at some deeper stats from football outsiders. And Bobby... The Giants' offense was not much better than the Giants' defense in terms of where they ranked in the league and a lot of these major categories. So, not to bore you with all the stats, but you know what this left tackle pick does, not only just for 2020 and beyond, but for 2020, 
it could be the start of, you know, you mentioned cutting down on turnovers. The Giants, so here, here's stats that I just have memorized at the back of my hand. The Giants were the team that that had the highest fumble rate in the National Football League. That's not a, I'm sure that's not shocking, but they were last in the league. Uh, they fumbled the the ball at the highest rate in the National Football League. It helps you control the time of possession. The Giants were the 27th team in the National Football League, according to Football Outsiders, in terms of time of possession per drive. 27th. That is not good. So what you are ultimately doing when you're not holding on to the ball on the offensive side of the ball, you are ultimately putting pressure on the defensive side of the ball to help make stops and to try and get stops. All of those things... And if we can get off to faster starts as well, we had the first two games of of the 2019 season where Eli Manning got off to those incredibly fast starts, and it was 7-0 against Dallas, 7-0 against Buffalo. But I feel like for the rest of the season, we were terrible at getting off the fast starts on the offensive side of the ball, and we were even worse on getting off the fast starts on the defensive side of the ball, where you would blink it would be 14-0. The whole point is to get off to faster starts on the offensive side of the ball, and this left tackle pick does exactly that. It helps you. All right, so let's take a quick break, and then we'll we'll talk about the NFC East, um, and then we'll talk about what what happens at thirty six because there's a lot of guys on the board, and we're the fourth team to pick, so it's a it's a real conversation. All right, let's take a quick break. Come on, pay attention in there. Let's go. We got a beautiful day. Work. Play fast. Play fast. Whoa. Ah. All right, let's look at the NFC East real quick. But before that, Justin, I want to go quick. We each get three takes. Just three quick takes on this draft. So I'll start. Cleveland, I have them going offensive tackle. I was surprised it wasn't Becton. They got Dredrick Wills, which is my second guy. But Justin, the Browns now have two right tackles and Dredrick Wills and Jack Conklin. Hmm, thoughts? Wild. <laughs> Wild stuff. All right, what's your first take? All right, 18th pick, Miami Dolphins. They selected Austin Jackson. That's I, I think that's downright uh, malpractice that you take Austin Jackson over Josh Jones. And Austin Jackson is going to walk into the Miami building, look at Eric Flowers. And you know that meme of the two Spider-Men <laughs> looking? I just realized that. It's going to be Austin Jackson and Eric Flowers together. That's that's beautiful. You know that meme of the two Spider-Men looking at each other and they're wearing the same <laughs> costume? It's going to be exactly like that. You need to tweet that tomorrow. I did. I already right. did tweet it. Oh, damn. I've been so lost in the sauce. <laughs> it's okay. Night. I haven't seen anything. All right. My next take, Patrick Queen to the Ravens, maybe the best value pick. He is going to fit in there perfectly with that blitzing scheme of Wink Martindale where they blitz 53% of the time, which means he can blitz and he can drop back into coverage and confuse guys. And this Baltimore just breeds line, inside linebackers. That's going to be an awesome fit. I kind of like the San Francisco 49ers pick with the Vikings because they selected Brandon Ayuk from Arizona State. Now, the Vikings kind of did need a wide receiver, but they already took Justin Jefferson a few picks before. But 49ers kind of also needed a playmaker. And Ayuk is a guy that, you know, he had uh, the eighth most uh, screen yards in the entire country, fun fact, from the 2019 season. And he's just a big play guy, so he could fit well with the 49ers. I thought that was a pretty good pick, even though people kind of hate on Ayuk sometimes, and I don't exactly know why. And then my last take from the draft, besides Johnny's stuff, is the Tennessee Titans filled a hole better than any team, or had the, bet- the best replacement over any team with Isaiah Wilson at right tackle, because he is like a spitting image of Jack Conklin. Not very good in pass blocking. Not great technique, but he'll just freaking maul the crap out of you in the run game. Jordan Love. 
Jordan Love was probably one of the surprise picks of this first round. I actually kind of like Jordan Love, to be honest. I kind of like him better than Justin Herbert. Do I dare go there? Uh, believe it or not, don't solely just look at Jordan Love's 2019 stat line, where I believe he had like 18 touchdowns and 17 interceptions. In 2018, he had like a 30 touchdown to 6 interception ratio. Now, I'm an analytics guy, and I'm talking about touchdown to interception ratio, but shut it. Just let me push my narrative and let me push my point. Jordan Love lost like a ton of starters in between uh, the 2018 season and the 2019 season. Coaching wasn't that great. Uh, now, Packers coaching, Packers offensive scheme, eh, maybe not that great, but they're going. he's going to a good franchise, and Aaron Rodgers is getting up there in age. So I say Jordan Love is going to have a better pro career than Justin Herbert. That's a, that's a take. I, I, I like takes. So, all right, NFC East real quick. We don't have to go too in-depth. I like every single one of these picks. Chase Young, obviously, just because he's a dominant player. Do we really need to talk much about Chase Young? C.D. Lamb falling to the Cowboys is deadly, that offense. If they don't dominate this year, I don't know what is the problem. Like, I just don't understand. Like Because they have Ezekiel. They have an awesome offensive line. You have Amari Cooper. And now you add CeeDee Lamb to it. They should have the best offense in the NFL next year. Besides the Chiefs. They're the Cowboys, though, man. Nothing can ever, nothing ever go the fully right. The fact that they missed the playoffs last year is unbelievable when you look at their numbers <laughs> and stuff. It just doesn't make any sense that they missed the playoffs. And I, I've done the split stats. They're just really bad against winning teams. Jalen Rager is a guy me and you both liked. I didn't see him going that high, but I don't hate it. It's a good pick for the Eagles. You kind of they have their offensive line. They needed weapons for Wentz. You know they've invested in wide receiver. It just hasn't worked out with Jeffrey turning into a, a real a real douche and Aguilar dropping stuff. I mean the people were catching babies out of windows in Philly better than Aguilar was catching football. <laughs> Can I so, give you a take about Washington? Yeah, give me give me some NFC East takes, man. It's I guess it's more of a joke, but it kind of is a serious take. With taking Chase Young with the second pick of the 2020 NFL Draft, the Washington Football Club has set themselves up perfectly for taking Trevor Lawrence in next year's draft. Not bad. I don't I, I don't hate it. <laughs> Andrew Thomas is going to dominate him. I, I can't wait. Yeah, can um, we can we kind of talk just just like. Briefly, very briefly. I know we're running a little low on time, but that was something that some people in some live streams were bringing up. Like, what is the hype going to be for Andrew Thomas versus Chase Young? It's obviously not going to be as much for Jones and Haskins or Jones and Murray like it was in 2019, but I hope they line Chase Young up on the left side because I, I just want to yeah. see it. Hopefully they're not like soft-ass Kentucky and have Josh Allen lining up on the opposite side and dropping him in the coverage. And I remember watching Josh Allen against Georgia last year prep for the draft, and the Georgia game was like, what the hell is going on here? It's like, <laughs> one, he was getting blocked by tight ends. He was lined up on Andrew Thomas like seven times. And they were had they dropped him in the coverage like 50% of the time. It was unbelievable. Now, granted, Georgia um, ran the ball a lot that game, but I was just blown away. It's like, what the hell are you guys doing? This is your best player. Let him go against their best player and see what happens. Anyways. All right, let's talk about pick 36. Now, there's a lot of good players, and I said we would pick four guys to go through each because, you know, there's a maximum of four players that can be, or three players that can be taken before us. So, Justin, we'll, we'll let it branch out, and this will actually talk about what we're going to plan to be doing. Obviously, number one for me is going to be Antoine Winfield Jr. He's who I had mocked there. 
I would have taken him if we were in the pick 30. Like I love Antoine Winfield. I was surprised he didn't go off the board, but I held out hope because I didn't I didn't see safeties going off the board. Antoine Winfield Jr., he is my number one guy. McKinney out of Alabama. Uh, full disclosure, I haven't watched McKinney out of Alabama, but I will watch him before the second round kicks off tonight. Justin, so who, who would be your number one guy slash group to go at? Oh, man. Um, Bond. Not to totally just be like original or unoriginal, but Bond. Oh, I like it. He's my number two for me. And it's all, yeah. the only reason he's number two for me is because of how much I like Antoine Winfield. Bond would be a great pick there. And with him being like that Kyle Van Noy comp, at least that's what I said, the Patriots are one pick after us. So, yeah, we could stop them from picking them because he just seems like a he just seems like a Patriot. But maybe they know something that we don't and they know we're not going to take him. So, Bond, yeah, he's a beast. Now, this one, and we actually talked about this the other day, Justin. <laughs> this one, listen, would it make the most sense? Probably not. But would it make me super freaking giddy? Hell yes, it would. It would be my fifth offensive tackle on the board from Houston, Josh Jones. I really like Josh Jones, and it would be nice to be like, you know what, here's our left tackle and right tackle for the future. I, I would low-key just love that move. Like, people yeah. would be mad, and they'd be like, you got to get defense. And I'm listen, they're right. We kind of have to get defense. But boy, oh boy, it would be nice to just double dip. And Gettleman has shown the, the willingness to double dip in the first two rounds. No, he's not afraid. He's not afraid. We already talked about the 2014 draft class to kind of begin where he took two defensive tackles. That was his first draft class. Ah, crap. I keep on getting the years wrong. (laughs) He's not afraid to double dip. He took two defensive tackles like his first year with Carolina. So um, (laughs) it's so funny because we're going to post this clip on Twitter when we had our offensive tackle episode and I wrapped up talking about Josh Jones and I said, wouldn't it be nutty? If we if we got our if we got our franchise we tackle, well, I could play it. Sure, I'll play it right now. How about we live in a world where we take offensive tackle four? Josh Jones is available thirty six. Yo, people and we will double make the down. jokes. People will make the jokes about me only locking off as a lineman, but I would Loki really like that. <laughs> you know, Dave Galvin's show has not been afraid to double dip. So we go get Andrew Thomas and Josh Jones. We got our tackles for the next ten years. Okay, so it just repeated what we said 10 seconds ago. (laughs) But it sounds like we said it right now. Like, it sounds like we just just recorded something before the show in reaction to the... But no, we legitimately recorded this, like, uh, earlier this week. I think it... Was it it on Tuesday or was it on our mock draft app? No, it it was for the tackle preview, which we released on Monday, I believe. Okay, okay. All right, so Josh Jones, um... Other guys we can kind of go through quickly. What are we at with time right now? Hey, we're not we're bad. Doing all right. we're, we're doing all right. So I have a guy. Those guys. Go give me a guy. I kind of shot on him in the draft process. And the reason why I was so hard on him is because at the time, this guy was like kind of like an edge possibility at four, which is kind of crazy looking back on it. I did my work on this guy like Christmas Eve. And that's how high, you know, this guy was going so AJ Epineza Bobby give give me give me your give me your thoughts because I'm hesitant but if he's there like second round this is a guy that we thought would go in the first round and I would I kind of wanted the Cowboys to take him because I would I would have made fun of it a little bit but the fact that he's here in the second round you know what I'm rooting for you like like hell, to develop a little bit more pass rush moves and to have that uh, elite double hand swipe move that he does, I'm rooting for that to work. So, A.J. Epineza, do we do it? I, 
I like Epines, I really do. Like if if you say like, hey, Epines is a 36 pick, I'm saying that's a good pick. I just he's not a fit for us. I don't see him standing up. I think he has the ability, but it's like we need someone to come stand up and play that outside linebacker right away. I don't see it happening. And we don't need another uh, you know, defensive end that's a slash defensive tackle. We already have Leonard Williams. So Epinesa I like, but for the Giants, it just doesn't make sense, especially with all these other guys on the board. But he's a good player, so like I would I'd be cool with it, but it's just I'm not big on it, which is funny because we kind of flip-flopped on Epinesa. (laughs) I was like, he doesn't have enough unique pass rushing moves. Um, (laughs) So I I don't know, Uh, but I I get the fit. I get the fit point. Uh, He definitely does have the size to be like a, uh, an interior defensive end, which is basically a defensive tackle if we're being real. And we certainly don't need that. So uh, who's your, Who's your? Is, are we on our final guy? Yeah, this is our third. Well, guy. Oh no, we're going four. I, guys. I got a list of guys: Ashton Davis and Jeremy Chin. The safeties out of um, California, and then Jeremy Chin. I always forget what school is from. He's like D two. You guys know Jeremy Chin. Those are two guys. Ashton Davis, I like a lot, but he's twenty four years old. Um, but I would like him because I th- I think he can. I think he's the second best safety after Winfield. I do need to watch McKinney, so that could be subject to change. Yitor Grossmatos from Penn yep. State. A lot of our our listeners like him. I think it's the Penn State connection. He's another one where I just I think I see him more as like a four three hand in the ground defensive end. But I, I do believe he has the ability to stand up. That could be one. What any thoughts on him? Didn't wow me. I is it crazy that I like Okora a little bit better than Grossmatos? Yeah, no, it's not. Okora could be the guy. I'd be. I actually I think I'd like Okora more than Grossmatos. Yeah. Um, pure athletes other- right if we're if we're talking pure athletes i think okwara can kind of fit that a little bit more uh i let's talk some centers uh centers is seems to be the big want on giants twitter right now uh so you still have nick harris there but i would more or less lean if we're talking round two and if we're talking about pick 36 i would more or less lean either either cushionberry and you can work on that lateral movement and you just take that play strength and you're loving it and you're happy with it, or you have to reach for Matt Hennessy because you don't have a pick that's between 33 and 99. Yeah. I, I got it. Uh, those are two guys I'm going to watch before the rounds, round two starts. Tyler Viedas out of Wisconsin, although I he's someone I wouldn't pick at 236. I'd probably wait no. till round three to see if he falls there. I was honestly very happy Cesar Ruiz didn't fall there because I didn't want to have that conversation because I'm just not a Cesar Ruiz fan. Like, he's, he's very smart. He does everything right. But I just – I don't see him being, like, this awesome center in the NFL. Other guys, Logan Wilson and Willie Gay, the inside linebackers, both t- two guys that me and you both like. I know you're very high on Gay, um, and I think I like him more than Logan Wilson. Those two, Those could be two guys. They're on like it's the off the field. I mean, at least at least for Gay, it's off the field concerns, and I think not going to be taken round two. And I don't know if he's going to fall to ninety nine. I mean, hey, Mississippi State. Joe Judge has the Mississippi State connection. Um, so yeah. hopefully if they take him. They feel do, comfortable. Correct, and I would feel comfortable as well because we know, and he even confirmed this with that uh, during during the Giants draft preview interviews that they did from home. Joe Judge has been like, yeah literally having all these college coaches on this staff and having all of our connections that has really helped throughout this draft process because we know we're going to get honest answers and not just the sugar cut sugar cut cookie cutter answers um that oh this guy is great and i'm just going to support my guy so if we draft willie gay jr uh i i would say i feel confident that you know 
you would hope that he's a quality character guy, um, and I feel comfortable in their evaluation. Now, Bobby, I, I guess one final question. Well, by Three, the way, while we're on the college point, sorry for interrupting your question. No, it's okay. Going to a lot of Georgia guys, Andrew Thomas, DeAndre Baker, Lorenzo <laughs> Carter, coming be, becoming uh, the New York the New York Bulldogs. It's a shame we cut Alec Ogletree because he Willie could have Gay, been a part of a bulldog crew. too. No, it's not a shame that we cut Alec Ogletree, Justin. It is a <laughs> blessing that we cut Alec Ogletree. <laughs> Wide receivers, Michael Pittman Jr., Denzel Mims, T. Mm-hmm. Higgins. Yep, yep. Those guys, it's like, does it make sense at 36? No, but would I be freaking excited? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, those, I, I'm in the same group with you. So, that, I mean, that's it. I, obviously, there's other guys, but I don't know, man. I Justin, I'll be honest. Let's grade the episode. I thought this was one of our better episodes. I'm gonna, I'm gonna advertise the crap out of this episode. I had fun. Now, maybe part of it is Justin. One, I'm just in the, I almost just curse on the podcast, which I I'm in a freaking awesome mood, and I drink water all day. I have my coffee in the morning, and I just drink water all day long. For this, I went and bought a four pack of Monsters, so I had one when the draft started, and I had one 15 minutes before we recorded. So I'm kind of oh god up right now. It's so context. Oh my god, context! I just it's, cracked my clipboard, jumping up and down. It's two a.m. Oh, that's not context. Clipboard. So, uh, Bobby Skinner. Yes, this was a wonderful episode. I just broke my clipboard. Oh my right, god! Kidding. I'm trying to end y'all. the show on a sentimental <laughs> note. Bobby, really credit credit to you. Uh, I I go buy a really. freaking clipboard tomorrow. Can you can you mute yourself so I can compliment you? Because I know you get uncomfortable. <laughs> Gosh, Go okay, ahead, man. I'm happy. You just do I whatever know. you want. I'm happy. I'm trying. I'm trying to compliment you while you're happy. But really, credit to you because since the 2019 season ended and all credit everybody to wanted to do was stop talking about the 2019 season, even when the 2019 season was going on. But you know, you you did your work during the 2019 season. It ended. And throughout this entire draft process, you have been the one to say that Andrew Thomas is the best tackle in this draft. You have been the one to say that you would like to see him in blue. You have been the Pied Piper of the movement. So I am happy for you. I am happy for us. I am happy for our franchise. I think we did a good thing. We had a very good day. We had a good night. Thank you to everybody who has been following throughout this entire draft process. If you are new, I hope you stick around and don't just listen to the episode to figure out who the hell Andrew Thomas is. I hope you actually can stick around because we enjoy Talking Giants. That's the name of the show. So uh, we will be back like a lot. (laughs) Now, this is a thank you to the listeners because you guys are the best. I really do think we have the best listeners slash followers in the game because you know what? You might go to other people for better analysis, which I don't even necessarily agree with. But I think you guys feel like you're part of us, and that's what we try to do. We try to have fun, and Community. everyone knows I've been high on the Andrew Thomas train. Like we're the only, we're the only podcast, Justin Giants podcast, where when guys do good, people come and congratulate us. Like when Jake Carlock had the touchdown in the preseason, everyone was coming congratulating me. And it's like I didn't do anything. We're just having fun out here. <laughs> so when we drafted him, I put out my "What the Daddy Tell You" tweet, which is kind of uncomfortable to read out loud. Yeah, um, oof. But I just want to read some of the responses. People are just being happy. It's like retweet your gifts to show people why he's the guy. And then my one of my favorite ones was "Daddy or Tuna on Toast," and he got tuna on toast. Someone said, "This is amazing. I can't believe we did the right thing." He said, "Good call. You nailed it. Yes." It's like, did you yell out in celebration because I did for you? 
dude, you're the man. Eventually, someone like Gettleman is going to take notice of your football expertise. Big things are ahead of you, Bobby, and we're all here for it. I don't agree with that one. Um, I'm not even a scout. I've been saying this for weeks. I agree with you. Film, film, film. Well done, my man. Bobby F. and Skinner does it again. Thanks for the advice. I had a lot of people DM me, Justin. They made bets because of Andrew Thomas. They made money. So hit the, hit the, hit the Venmo. Hit the Venmo. <laughs> uh, Remember that when we started Patreon. <laughs> yeah. Um, love you guys. We really do. We'll be back on Monday. We're going to be doing stuff all weekend. We really do love you guys. Let's go Andrew Thomas and let's go Big Blue.